This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning. This is Sports Today, your weekday sports news podcast that puts you ahead of the game. I'm Sam Ferris. And I'm Martin Gabor. It's Tuesday, the 24th of August. In your sport today, the Tokyo Paralympic Games begin. A bulldog is stood down for the rest of the season. A French football match is abandoned and aging like a fine wine. This is your sport today. The Tokyo Olympics helped get millions of Australians through lockdown. Gabs, I know it saved you and I. And it's been a hole ever since it finished 16 days ago. Well, the lockdown is still on for most of us, but the Paralympics are here to save the day. The Games start tonight with the opening ceremony, followed by 12 days of competition. Well... I know what I'm doing for the next 12 days. As you said, Fez, the opening ceremony is on tonight from 9pm Australian Eastern Standard Time, and it should run for about three hours. Looking at the big picture, though, 4,400 athletes from around 160 countries will compete in 22 sports and 540 events. Australia is sending its biggest team to an overseas Paralympics with 179 athletes to compete in 18 sports. The Australian Paralympic team has two co-captains. Those are para-table tennis star and six-time Paralympian Danny DeToro and wheelchair rugby player Riley Batt, who is a two-time gold medalist. And DeToro and Blatt will be Australia's flag bearers at tonight's opening ceremony. They and Australia's chef de mission, the team boss, Kate McLaughlin, will be the only Aussies at the opening ceremony as the Paralympics looks to reduce the risk of COVID-19 by letting in as few athletes as possible. And like at the Tokyo Olympics, there'll be no fans at the opening ceremony. No, and there'll be no fans at the events either. But reports out of Japan are saying there could be up to 140,000 school children attending the the games. Now, don't think COVID has gone away in Tokyo. The capital has recorded more than 5,000 cases on average over the past five days, with just over 40% of Japan fully vaccinated. Yeah, they're just ahead of us here in Australia. Uh, Gabs, how many medals are the Aussies predicted to win and where can Australians watch the games? Well, Sam, there's nothing official, but Aussie media has predicted Australia could win more than 30 gold medals and somewhere between 90 and 100 medals overall. Australians can watch the games on Network 7 and its streaming service 7+. For a full explainer on the game's origins, how the classification system works, good to get your head around that, and a few Aussies to keep an eye out for, Gabs, you and I break it all down on the latest Squeeze Shortcut. We've popped a link to the episode in your show notes. And from tomorrow right through to the end of the games, Sport Today will provide a quick rundown of the key events to watch every day at the end of each episode. So make sure you stay tuned for that. And also stay tuned to the end of today's episode for the answer of our trivia question. What is the most gold medals Australia has won at a single Paralympic Games? Stay tuned. Let's stay with the Paralympics. As we spoke about last week, Afghanistan's two athletes won't be going to the Paralympics after the Taliban took over the country and couldn't get a safe flight out. But now they are no longer in Afghanistan. The ABC reported last night that more than 50 Afghan athletes and their dependents, including the two Paralympians, have been flown out of the capital Kabul and into Australia. 
Yeah, that's right. And the rescue mission actually started last week when former Olympic swimmer and human rights lawyer Nikki Dryden teamed up with Alison Batterson. She's the director of Human Rights for All, a law firm specializing in refugees and asylum seekers. Together, they picked out more than 50 athletes and their dependents and got in touch through social media. They then called on the help of former athletes, current politicians, and former Socceroo captain Craig Foster, who had led the movement to get a Bahrainian football or asylum in Australia. The plan came together on the weekend as the Afghan athletes pushed their way through Kabul airport and to the Australian Defence Force, who are waiting to take them to Australia. It's pretty incredible, Gabs, and it's hard to sum up the whole story here. So we've put a link in the episode notes to the ABC story with all the details. While the Afghanistan Paralympians won't be in Tokyo, the Afghan flag will still be carried in tonight's opening ceremony as a show of solidarity. Switching to Rugby League, where Bulldogs forward Adam Elliott has been stood down for the rest of the season after he was allegedly involved in an incident at a Gold Coast restaurant on the weekend. Elliott played in Canterbury's loss to the Knights on Saturday, and that loss means they'll take this year's wooden spoon for finishing bottom of the table. Yeah, so it doesn't appear as though he's done anything illegal or broken the NRL's COVID protocols, but that hasn't stopped Canterbury's general manager, Phil Gould, of accusing him of, quote, grade five stupidity. It's alleged Elliot was caught going to the bathroom with NRLW player Millie Boyle, but she says the pair only kissed and that nothing untoward happened. Sam, it's the third time in a few years that Elliot has been in trouble. He was involved in the Bulldogs' Mad Monday scandal in 2018, and he was involved in a fight at the start of the year when he was caught kissing former teammate Michael Leisha's fiance. Elliot will miss the Bulldogs' remaining games against the Seagulls and the West Tigers. He's under contract with the club until 2023 and the matter is being investigated by the NRL Integrity Unit. And Gabs, the Raiders have sacked outside back Curtis Scott, but that might not be the end of this story. No, and it looks like he may even sue the club for unfair dismissal. Scott has been involved in a number of off-field issues since he joined Canberra last season. In May, he was charged by police with assault for allegedly punching someone at a Canberra nightclub. Now, that case is ongoing, but the Raiders decided yesterday to end his contract because his behaviour had brought the club into disrepute. Yeah, expect to hear plenty more on that one, Gabs. To soccer now, where a game in France had to be stopped after fans ran onto the pitch and threatened the players. The wild scenes in the game between Nice and Marseille came after Dimitri Payet had a number of bottles thrown at him by Nice fans before he had enough and threw a bottle back into the stands. Yeah, Salmon, this isn't the first time a match in France has been stopped this season after Marseille's first game was also interrupted by fans throwing bottles onto the pitch. Payet, who plays for Marseille, was about to take a corner when he was hit by a bottle. Now, this all happened in front of Nice's ultras. Now, ultras are the most extreme groups of fans at a club, and they ran onto the field where they were initially stopped by security, but things escalated when another Marseille player booted the ball into the stands before the referee quickly took players off the field. Yeah, and the Marseille coach actually had to be held back by players as the brawl continued. Right police were then called to calm the situation as both teams waited in the dressing rooms. The home side came back out to warm up, but Marseille stayed inside, forcing the referee to abandon the match. Nice was ahead 1-0 after 75 minutes, and we don't know if Nice will be awarded the win given Marseille didn't feel safe enough to play. 
The saying goes, wine gets better with age. Well, so does Australian golfer Rod Pampling. Pampling won his first PGA Champions Tour trophy yesterday, the Boeing Classic in Washington, beating a field that included some greats of golf. Yeah, and Pampling probably deserved a couple of wines after he beat the likes of Ernie Els, Vijay Singh and Colin Montgomery, just to name a few. Pampling shot a 6 under 66. Try saying that 10 times fast, Sam, in the final round to finish 12 under par. He had a nervous wait in the clubhouse as he watched the final five groups finish, but when Jim Furyk and Billy Austin failed to birdie the 18th hole, he knew he had the win. The Champions Tour used to be called a senior tour for players aged 50 years and older. Pampling is 51 and he won three PGA Tour titles in his career, the last coming in 2017. Now, there is actually some money to be won on the Champions Tour. Pampling took home nearly $450,000 as the winner in Washington. Yeah, you're not wrong there, Gabs. Uh, Chairman Bernard Langer has won more than $40 million on the Champions Tour. That's more than his PGA and European career earnings combined. Langer won the Masters twice, and the winner of the Masters gets the famous green jacket. Pampling got a jacket too after his win, but his was a leather bomber jacket as a Boeing plane flew overhead and was almost doing some somersaults in the air. It's pretty remarkable stuff. There's a link in the episode notes for you to check it out. All right, Gabs, it's time for Catch This, the stuff that caught our eye or what's coming up and what do you got? Fez, there is a really, really important game in baseball today with Oakland taking on Seattle. They're both fighting for a wild card spot, which is essentially an elimination final to see which team can sneak into the playoffs. Uh, Oakland's currently tied for second with Boston and the Mariners are three games behind, so it's a really big game. The game is on ESPN at 11.40am. I'll be tuning in. Gabs, thank you, mate. Uh, That's it for today's episode. Before we go, the answer to today's trivia question, what is the most number of gold medals Australia's won at a single Paralympic Games? That's 63 gold medals at the Sydney 2000 Games. Games. All right, thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll catch you again tomorrow. 